Deep in the human unconscious is a pervasive need for a logical universe that makes sense. But the real universe is always one step beyond logic. From the sayings of Muad'Dib by the Princess Irulan. Everybody, welcome to Ivra Dune with Rory Voy. This gentleman is Rory Voy. Hey guys, and he has read Dune. Don't you forget it. And <laughs> as always, the story boys, the two boys who haven't read Dune. It's me, Austin, and I'm Andy. And uh, we are back with more Dune in uh, book three now. Yes, book, book three, three of the of the of book one of Dune, book one. The it's first not book complicated. of Dune <laughs> in the, in book three of the of the book of the same one book that we that we're doing that Rory has read. Um, I am still sick. You may hear that in my voice. That is not a a, a whole week of me being sick since the last episode you heard. We just double up these recordings some nights to get through <laughs> everything. So that yeah. so don't worry about me. Um, <laughs> don't worry about me. I don't have the sickness that never ends. No, but yeah. So, uh, Andy, why don't we recap what we did last week? Um, oh. cause I think things got a little crazy. <laughs> well, uh, if you'll allow me, I can probably do this in, in one sentence. The boy is daddy and the girl is mommy. And I think that says everything that we need to know about last week. No, right? I don't think so. I think we're gonna need to <laughs> we're gonna need to hear more definitely. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, they they end up they're at the siege the siege however we want to say it. I don't know what's canon. The movie says siege. And, the movie does say siege. Uh, and Paul finds out that uh, because he killed Jameis, he now has to take care of Jameis's widow and two sons, which is I have to imagine. A bit of a boner kill. Um, it's that's a big bummer. of the boner he got for killing a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't go away. Uh, so it saved him a trip to the therapist, I guess, because now it's gone. And he is weirded out by that, and especially weirded out by the fact that Jameis's widow is trying to smash. And he had to explicitly say, no, I don't want to marry you. And it was a whole weird thing. And he's, boy, he's not daddy. And then it was like, well, actually, I'm sorry to say this. But... <laughs> look, look at the fine print. <laughs> you are also daddy. Uh, and and uh, we, we can't forget those boys' names are Caleth and Orlop, which is just fucking <laughs> Dr. Seuss shit. better spelled backwards, right? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> And then we had this whole thing with the with the Reverend Mother of the Fremen being too old to make the trip because they had to change the they had to change caverns because they're getting chased by the the Sardaukar. So they've got this really really old lady, and they need to figure out the succession. And they're like, oh, shit, well, we got this new witch. She's a, a new model that can walk, 
And so they do some sort of spooky Vulcan mind meld and uh, Reverend Mother to ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. And and she gives her all the crazy memories of every Reverend Mother of the Fremen back through time and also scolds her for drinking spice beer while pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, something weird happens with the baby. It's kind of unclear at the moment. The baby now has some sort of spiritual awakening uh, and they wake up. And Paul and uh, and Chani are 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 macking on each other still, even though Paul now legally has a family to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> and that is where yeah. we left off. I think that sounds pretty good. How how do you? He's do, his Rory? father's son, right? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Side piece style, baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Rory. Then uh, what are the chapters you're going to take us into today? Uh, we're going through thirty eight. 39 and 40. Okay, okay. May I suggest that we start with 38? Well, if you if you if you want to be I don't know, a little pedestrian, sure. <laughs> Traditionalist. <laughs> That's me. Well, let's do it. All right. So, chapter 38, you know, I think I think the title I'm inclined to use gives away how crazy this moment will come across in uh, oh. in description. So, I'm so gonna, maybe I'm going to save it. I'm going to hold yeah. on to it. Okay, okay. Uh, the Baron storms into the servant's antechamber. Mm. You know how servants have antechambers. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. As, as the resident castle expert, can you tell uh -huh. the audience what an antechamber is? Um. Yeah, it's, you know, it's the the room... Kinda, you don't know. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to... I didn't mean to uh, it's kind of the room outside of a room. Is it? I honestly thought you knew. I don't, I don't know what an antechamber is. You don't know what an antechamber is? I know. I was an really is. expecting. I was really expecting Castle Boy to to, to take it home. <laughs> I know the outside parts of a castle: the spandrels and gables, <laughs> the weeping parapets. Yeah. Uh, no, an antechamber is like a small room. It's like a mud room. You could call a mud room an antechamber. It's like a okay. chamber that's like a waiting room, like a small waiting room before you can go into the bigger yeah, room. It's a room outside of a room. It's right. a small room outside of a room. Yeah. He is going to just start screaming at Nafud, uh, who is <laughs> sort of is quite startled by by the awakening and also that he's high on some drug called Samuta. Whoa. He's just taking a Samuta nap. <laughs> Isn't that in Coming to America? Isn't that the uh, the country, the fake country? I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't riff with you here, but I haven't okay. seen a movie in 25 years. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. I'm not trying to leave you out to dry. <laughs> That's fine. I think it's Zamuda. <laughs> it's fine. I'm right. I'm correct. <laughs> it's similar enough to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> the audience will decide. Let us know in the comments, everybody. <laughs> I actually think going forward in the comment sections in our Discord... Um, if you want to score all of Austin's jokes, that, <laughs> well, yeah, that a, a home game, a play along at home. <laughs> yeah, just let us know. <laughs> What's my what my scorecard is for the episode? So Nafut is like also it's, kind it's of feeling Zamunda. It's Zamunda is the country from uh, from coming to America. Are you are you pleased with how long we're spending on this, or is, is it was this your was this your yeah. goal or? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> the food uh, is gonna is gonna give us some nice chunky uh, soup. Yes, soup. 
Now, audience, if you're paying attention, you're also free to rank Andy's jokes. <laughs> I think, I think this will provide a lot more fun to uh, to w- when they choose to interrupt. And that's and that's a scale of one to soup. Soup being sort of the the, at the highest possible score an Andy joke could get is the soup joke. I think grade me on a curve. No, you're not familiar with what soup looks like. I don't think it's flat on top. Oh God! All right, tell us about Jack and. Okay, Nafood is Nafood's gonna uh, give us a little bit of exposition here, and he's he because he, he's he doesn't like being yelled at because he's been the Baron's captain of the guard for two whole years. Wait, yeah, really? Uh, remember that we we have just crossed the sort of book three threshold, and so yeah. two years have gone by. Two years have gone by. Wow. Oh fuck! Damn dog. Oh, okay. Because he was he was a Sardaukar, right? No, he was just a, if he wasn't a merc, he was just a random dude who happened to not die in the tooth explosion. Oh, okay. yeah. Got it. So the Baron, so the Baron is, I think, in, in the, in the castle on Arakeen. Uh, I don't, he's not ruling presently. Raban is still in charge, but uh, they're on Arrakis. Sure. Okay. I think. Uh, or they're on a ship orbiting Arrakis as they have been previously at times. They're in the neighborhood, at least. They're in the neighborhood. Uh, I mean, do you put an antechamber on a spaceship, though? You might. You uh, might. Well, we didn't talk about this in the in the movie discussion episode that we did, but I, I mean, you might put an antechamber on a spaceship because when the spaceship showed up to like do the like, you are now in charge of Arrakis at the beginning of the book or the beginning of the movie. Uh, they'd set out like a ceremonial wooden desk in front of the spaceship to sign the paperwork <laughs> yes, on. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> it was a fun was like, touch. It's a it was a fun little mix of like you know, I don't well, know, 18th century and 31st century or whatever <laughs> we're doing, 10,000th century. Present anyway. the roll top desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really twee. The emperor is really twee. <laughs> All right, so the emperor, the reason he's screaming at the captain of his guard is because his sex slave just tried to stab him with a poisonous needle. Wait, sorry, oh. you said emperor Harkonnen. But did I? Baron? Harkonnen, I'm so sorry. Okay, the I just baron. was like, okay, I just want to make sure no, no, he's no, not no. suddenly yes. the baron is the emperor. Because that no, no, would no. be a bombshell. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, this is this is unacceptable. I, I, the whole point of having sex slaves is that they don't try to stab you with poisonous needles, unlike my ex-wife. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> zoom, 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 zoom. <laughs> then Fade Ratha's gonna gonna join the party. Oh, oh fuck we yeah. got Fade, the boy Fade. Uh, the Baron asks where he's been, <laughs> and uh, Fade tells him he was uh, just beating beating the slave master at a game of Cheops. Oh, Cheops. Well, I mean, it's not Cheops. a great. That's just what he calls it when he does karate chops. Cheops. <laughs> Cheops. <laughs> It's not a great end of a sentence, but when you say he was off beating, I know, I know. Uh, I tried to, I tried to twist it mid sentence. Uh, I kind of wish not... he was jerking it. Honestly, <laughs> it's not a better. Anyway, continue. Well, the Baron, the Baron doesn't have any time for a slave master who can't beat a child at Cheops, so he has. He's ordering that the slave master be killed. Oh, whoa, 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 wait. We don't like slave master. Okay, so that's actually yeah. fine that he's going to kill a slave master. Yeah. Okay, uh, got it. Hold on to that thought. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Baron's going to tell Fade that his plan failed. 
with sort of that that emphasis this sort of he's he's uh he's lobbing he's lobbing a slow pitch across fades you know home plate yeah and then he's going to change the subject ask what really happened in the arena those several years ago oh shit uh remember fade like so I, I thought the Baron was in on it at the time, actually. Right. That the, the whole sort of like arena showdown was staged for the benefit of the Count. Right. Uh, and that Fade was never really in any danger. But apparently uh, the Baron had no idea that Fade like rigged was, it so that he couldn't lose. Was playing T-ball instead of baseball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's not fun for anyone if my nephew can't die. <laughs> and from there sort of tells Fade... That his assassination attempt with the needle, the poison needle slave, oh. it was foiled um, because Hawat clued him into Fade's sort of nefarious ways. Oh, Damn. Shit. So Fade tried to kill the Baron? Yeah. Remember, these guys are sort of, I mean, in a lot of ways, they're very interesting characters. But when it comes to their capacity for evil, they're pretty cartoonish. Right. Yeah. They're kind of like the family from Succession. well i think i I just want you to know i know you meant that fade put the sex slave up to it and like maybe got them to do it but now i'm imagining a world in which fade is like dressed up and has has been (laughs) the slave Uh (laughs) i got you uncle (laughs) so so the baron is peeved about this assassination, about he mentions sort of a litany of them, sort of in passing. Though I think that this is just Fade's childish, childish buffoonery. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets one, right? <laughs> yeah. So the Baron's going to give him a bargain. Uh, the deal is, Hawat watches over Fade all the time, forever, and in return, the Baron won't have to kill him. Fool me once, shame on, shame on me. Fool me yeah. twice, shame on Hawat. Because <laughs> he's into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fade says that, uh, you know, you're playing a dangerous game with Hawat. He's he's not loyal to you. He's he's uh, he's in a trade. He's a man. Uh, and the Baron says, I know how to use a mentant, you dingleberry. <laughs> For some reason, Fade will uh, drift into thought about how great it's going to be when his when his uncle's dead and he's. <laughs> The Baron and then maybe the Emperor, who knows? Like, oh, people die all the time. Yeah, sure, sure. Boys have dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Someday that boy might be daddy. Now it it comes time for Fade's punishment. And the Baron sentences him to personally go kill everybody in his harem in the pleasure wing, in Fade's harem. Oh, Oh, no. That's such a rich guy punishment. I know. Go kill your harem. <laughs> now go kill your harem and think about what you've done. You won't have a boner for weeks. It's not very relatable. But then will you buy me a new harem? Yes, of course. Of course I'll buy you a new harem. <laughs> and then Fade sort of stomps out of the room, you know, thinking about how dead his uncle's going to be someday. I see. That's chapter 38. Go kill oh. your harem. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a good title yeah (laughs) I think that is an anime that Andy has seen (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah but it was more of a reverse harem you read the manga first and it was actually really tastefully done well that's not true 
Manga was way way more tasteless than the anime. (laughs) Chapter 39 is going to be called um, uh, Don't Copy the Emperor. No, no, no. uh, He doesn't like it. (laughs) Don't copy the Emperor, semicolon. He doesn't like it. (laughs) Hawat and the Baron are sort of breaking bread in uh, what I assume is... Not an antechamber, but a but a full chamber. Ah, okay. <laughs> they, nice they, leveling they, up. Yeah, the Baron would never break bread in an antechamber. Uh, so the Baron's got this question. He's he he's asking Hawat about how Arrakis and Seleucia Secundus are similar. The Emperor uh, is fickle about these two planets, and the Baron needs to figure out what's going on with all this baloney, all this malarkey. Okay. Cut to inside Hawat's brain, and he thinks about how much the Baron's a piece of shit and how great it'll be when he's dead. Okay, great, great. Yeah. In the club. <laughs> and then uh, come back out, and uh, let's just uh, do some Mentat calculations here real quick. Let his eyes roll back into his head like he did in the movie. So he tells the Baron why the Emperor was so eager to destroy House Atreides, uh, which I think comes up in the movie, if we remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Do we? Well, because they were like they were like on the rise and super popular, and the emperor was worried that they were gonna. They're popular, so yeah. So they they were this sort of like popular house that had a lot of political sway, um, mm. but the the sort of primary the primary impetus was that Gurney and Duncan are way too fucking hot and too good at everything, <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> they've been training this. They've been in charge of an army, and the army's right. getting really fucking dope. And uh, Emperor had no fucking no fucking time for that malark, and he wanted that army iced. Got it. And he did do that. And he did do that. So then, so then the Baron asks, "Well, what does that have to do with Arrakis?" And uh, Howat is tells him that the Fremen are way better than our shitty ass army. They really so, are. <laughs> also, the difference between Arrakis and Seleucus Secundus is definitely the throat singing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like Seleucus Sel- Secundus are the throat boys. The throat boys on <laughs> Seleucus Secundus. <laughs> Never forget your first. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just really freaked out by calling them the throat boys. <laughs> Those boys are also daddy. Oh, no. (laughs) Throw daddy. Uh, No, we got to stop the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The Baron, you know, uh, as he sort of always did every time the friend would come up, immediately dismissed this comparison. But this time, Hawat's there and, and, uh, you know, compared to just like some other, you know, some Fade or or Raban who were like, the Fremen are pretty strong. And Hawat breaks it down. He's like, look, there's like 10 million Fremen. That's like, like no way. There's like only five thousand. No, last, yeah, I never, I've never seen a fremen. There can't be that many. <laughs> <laughs> five. So then he's like, well, if you look at the, you know, Seleucus Secundus is arguably less habitable than uh, than Arrakis, but not by much. Like they're pretty close to how how not dope it is to live there. Mm-hmm. The Sardaukar and the Fremen share both this, this, um, you know, intensely trying lifestyle. And he supposes that they also gain this, a sort of certain, uh, uh, a belief in their 
their right to live, their their chosenness in the in the galactic sort of empire as the most deserving, the most the those who most earned it. Okay. I see. Because they're thriving on horrible, horrible planets. Uh Gumption and stick to itiveness. That's right. They're just they get hired anywhere. They're uh, there are a lot of Sarah Palin's running around. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> just with nothing but moxie and a can of beer. <laughs> Let's see Arrakis from my house. Uh, that is the so. Joke. So yeah. after after Hawat breaks this shit all down for the parent, he says that is funny. I do actually remember telling the Emperor's best friend. That's Count Fenring. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I do mm-hmm. remember telling him I had this idea to turn Arrakis into a second Seleucus Secundus, <laughs> and he does. It is. It is sort of that he's like just getting it, and Hawat's like, "Duh, bingo, 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 bango, boombo. Mm-hmm. You can't fucking do that. You can't be like, I'm gonna do exactly what the Emperor did and breed a breed a planet of super soldiers. Yeah, because the Emperor wouldn't want you to have those. No, he's not a huge fan of other people having them. Right, because then he just become exactly why the Atreides got iced, and and you you shouldn't copy the Emperor semicolon. He right. doesn't like it. He the doesn't Emperor like semicolon it. doesn't like it, and his rule is more or less only upheld by the Sardaukar. I mean, there's a certain amount of royal sort of don't rock the boat that you know that the royals that the royals and the rich and fabulous all sort of adhere to, but for the most part, uh, he can't. He doesn't have. The bodies to to rule a galactic empire, you know, by force. Right. Because he he's already he can, using the emperor's dudes. That's what I mean. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, the emperor doesn't have. Oh, yeah. OK. He, he does. There's not enough Sardaukar to like, you know, martial law this whole galaxy. Got but it. See, as so long as you're telling got, me the emperor has space power and maybe mm-hmm. desert power and water power, but he doesn't have body power. He doesn't have body power. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's ocean power. I fucked up. Ocean power. <laughs> you can definitely say water power is significantly <laughs> the same. <laughs> to pretend it's not silly one way is <laughs> ludicrous. So Hawat tells the Baron, here's what we're going to do. Let's let Raban continue making life fucking awful for everybody on, on Arrakis. You know, it'll escalate things towards a sort of Seleucus Secundus awful place to be. Fulcrum. Okay. Then... Hawat says, here's what we also do. Take away his money. Let's make him angry. Let's get Raban down there with just kind of a shoestring budget. Huh. And uh, they don't have to you know. get creative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, when things get really fucking bad, that's when we bring in Fade. And remember, Fade's supposed to be a sort of, right. you know, uh, wunderkind. Yeah, sort of a gentle conquistador who replaces the, the brutal Raban. Right, right. And this has uh, been the plan for a while, though, right? Like, yeah. the, whole, the plan for a while has been to to put, have Raban look bad and then bring Fade in. Yeah, but Hawat's, Hawat's plan is uh, to specifically, you know, recreate uh, conditions of Seleucus Secundus and to cut off Raban's uh, trust fund. Got it. I see. Uh, which... For those keeping track, sounds like Hawat's first good idea of the novel. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a good point. And he had it for the Baron. I know. But, silver lining, as Hawat walks off, he remembers the report he got from Gurney Halleck. Like, he's still in touch with Gurney. 
Oh. And Gurney Halleck told him about some 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 young upstart on Arrakis called Muad'Dib. Yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's great. That's fun. I like that. And is that the end of the chapter? That's the end of the chapter. Cool. Nice. Cool. cool. Tell me chapter 40 gets to Paul. Tell me we get chapter to see 40, Paul. Chapter 40, we're back. Uh, Paul Muad'Dib? Yeah, yes, Paul Muad'Dib, Atreides. We are back with Paul. Okay. Yes. Do we have a title for this chapter? Um, I, have, I was playing with a couple. Let's, uh, uh, let's workshop a couple. We'll see which one sticks. Okay. One is, uh, always let your mistress fight your battles. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, or alternatively, Cheney, if you don't like Paul, Cheney's going to kill you. Or <laughs> yeah. alternatively, uh, let's bring back Duke Leto. <laughs> i like i like is that, that. Is, is that last one like you rory wanting to bring back duke Leto? yeah well we'll see okay okay so paul is gonna wake up and think about or remember that uh cheney's in the south like not in not here presently uh okay. she's with his son Leto too Oh, wow. It has been a time jump, huh? It has wow. been a time jump. Two years. So that's time enough to incubate a little. He really little, is daddy little, now. Little monkey. <laughs> Cook up a little human. He named his son later the second. Yes. Dang. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Later was awesome. Yeah, he was a cool, <laughs> cool guy. And Paul just doesn't have, you know, Paul too. No. Just doesn't have the <laughs> same energy. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, in this moment, he just re- he's just recalls his son, Leto. I don't believe uh-huh. uh, the second's in there. Although he is definitely Leto, the second is his Although is his he could do he could do two Adib. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a groaner. <laughs> don't, don't forget to rank them, everybody. <laughs> Too fast to a deep. Okay, so then he starts sort of thinking back on this other time when uh, Cheney basically iced one of his many, many challengers. And Paul was like, I don't need you to fight my battles. Please, I only have, I have such a big family now already. She's like, well, you were meditating. I wasn't going to wake you up for this fuck boy. I just, I was just, you know, stab, 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 you know, here's, a ba- here's some new babies. God. And he's like, well, you can wake me up for, you know, fights to the death. And she's like, but how much more baller is it when you're, you know, when your side piece can just like rock a dude? Yes. And they're going to be like, well, if he can, if he can tussle with, if he can tussle with her, if she does, you know, if they're, if they can. What they do in the bedrooms, anything, what she does to these little mincemeat boys <laughs> that she sliced up, then uh, this guy's nothing to fuck with. Sure. Yeah. He's like, well, yeah, you know, you make a strong point. It is pretty baller that I am, my, I am that my concubine, that my concubine <laughs> can just slay a man with just, just ice and folks. So he really is his father's son where he's like keeping his options open for marriage and having kids with. With a magic concubine. Yeah. 
I mean, like, I get, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. It's pretty but, edible. But it sucks. It sucks that you, you know, marry Johnny, marry her. Yeah. Yeah. But no, he has to probably marry Princess Irulan or some shit. Well, there's that. And the Fremen also have a... I don't think they've got a one one a one a wife 60s, rule. A sixties interpretation of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of marital fidelity. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, this yeah. is a fantasy movie for the sixties. You know, it's like <laughs> yes, you don't have to stay married to your <laughs> ball and chain. We're all just, just gonna fuck, fuck and kill each other in caves, man. <laughs> Peace of love. <laughs> We're going to do drugs. We're going to fuck whoever we want. It's incredible. <laughs> We're going to go to the other memory together. <laughs> <laughs> we get our friends' kids when they die <laughs> by our hands. Oh, wait. That, that wasn't hippie culture. That was. That's... Oh, yeah, no. Uh, right. We sort of briefly go by a few more memories. Paul wonders if his spirit has fallen into Alam al Mithal. Alam al Mithal? Uh, oh, ding, ding. Sorry, ding, 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 ding. It's been a very long time since we've had a an unexplained vocabulary word. <laughs> oh, well, here you go. Uh, the world of similitudes, the metaphysical realm where the world where the where all physical limitations were removed. OK, so well, that explains you know. everything. Yeah, I have yeah. no further questions. <laughs> Would you like me to explain each word one by one? A little. <laughs> <laughs> I understood the words, Rory. I don't understand the significance. We'll put them together in a sequence. And then, should I read it again? Austin, do you ever feel like Rory <laughs> thinks we're pieces of shit that don't Let's understand? Let's start a new, less patronizing <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've read the, the Hungry Caterpillar with Austin Bridges. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. He were he wonders if his spirit has fallen into Alam Almithal or so fallen his spirit has fallen into the world of similitudes, the metaphysical realm where all physical limitations were removed. Like his spirit is, I think, sort of trapped outside his body, probably. Is sort of the the feeling that he's yeah. he's sort of wandering in in sort of spice like, visions. Like and, an astral projection. Yeah. Okay. Like, like a ghost. I see. If he's if he's ghosted himself, he's become a ghost. <laughs> and he's a spice ghost. He's <laughs> ghost to coast. Uh, he remembers talking to his mom about religion and politics and how both are sort of two two hands of the same body. Yep. Ooh. And then he wakes up like a real wake up. I see. And. Uh, he's lying next to Cheney, who's with him now. She was supposed to be in the South, but she came home uh, to watch him take his test. Test? Oh, oh is he mm. finally uh, finally getting that... Uh... Electrical administrator license? Yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. Paul's now been with the Fremen. Uh, I think there's a second time jump. I This part confuses me, because... Mm. The guy in chapter 38, uh, Mr. Mr. Nafud, definitely drops that two-year time jump line. Yeah. Okay. Stilgar tells Paul he's been with the Fremen for six years. Holy shit. Whoa. Okay, so maybe it is it is another time jump, and the, the, the Baron stuff is a little, like, inter interstitial, like... It definitely could be. This is it's what we're working on, 
and then our plan will be enacted in another few years. Yeah. I think that's a reasonable, yeah, pretty reasonable guess. Um, Weird. Wow. Or maybe years are different on Arrakis and they don't explain it the way sometimes Herbert well, just kind no. of, you know. I, I, I tend to agree, but it was a little confusing because I can't am just... glad, though, that that this time jump is six years and not like he's now like just a 16 year old dad. <laughs> it's a yeah. little more palatable. Right. So uh, so when by the time the, a Fremen boy or girl, by the time all Fremen are 12, uh, they've taken this test. Uh, Paul didn't have to take it right away because he just joined them. And he didn't know their ways. Mm-hmm. But. You know, because he's of certain, you know, stature amongst the tribe and because he's Paul Muad'Dib and uh, everyone's trying to fight him all the time. Stilgar <laughs> says, like, you really this is this is the time uh, you're going to have to go ride. A, you're going to have to go ride a Shai Hulud. Oh, that's the test. That's oh, the fucking that's, test, boys. That's fucking cool. Got to ride the shark. <laughs> similar, similar. It's a much bigger shark. Yeah. So we sort of set it up. Stilgar, Stilgar tells him, like, everybody knows you always win the knife fights. Everybody knows even when you don't even knife fight, your, you know, your best friend Chaney, your sex pal Chaney is going to knife fight and she's going to win. Don't fuck that. Like, don't don't show off. Just get on the just get on the worm. And uh, that's all you got to do, bro. I see. This is an SSX tricky. This is you just you just got to get on the worm and do it. You're not going for the most like stunt points or whatever. Paul asks Cheney. So he's just hanging out with Stilgar and Cheney for a bit because uh, you got to summon the worm. Right. There's a little bit of time. There's a little bit of there's some pop and circumstance around it as well as. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually it happens a little faster. It must be the whiskey. Eh? I got to allow me to summon the worm. so paul asks cheney about uh how his sister's doing Aaliyah is her name oh right because lady jessica had that had that baby and here's again where i'm confused about this time difference because they they describe Aaliyah as barely more than an infant Oh, toddler, but okay. that's not a six. That's not a six-year-old, right? Or maybe right. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it be. could be a. Yeah, I mean, at most, it's like four, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like pushing the boundaries of toddler. It's like four. I tend to agree. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if that gets straightened out in, in a future chapter. But uh, Cheney says, "Well, everybody hates how she's, you know, talking like an adult all the time and way smarter than them and observing all this shit uh, about them." Oh God, it's a real young Sheldon. <laughs> My baby sister, Young Sheldon. It's a new chapter title. All right. So somebody goes out and sets the thumper to to summon the sandworm. And this one is a fucking doozy. This is bigger than any worm Paul has seen so far up to this point. No. And then a Fremen named Shishkali Shishkali, uh, gives Paul his hooks. Um, I don't know if you haven't seen any Dune movies besides the one we just watched that didn't have this. Well, someone was was riding a, a a worm at the very end of this movie. Mm. Well, they use these large hooks. So the sandworms have these have these sort of sort of plated armor like scales, and uh, and you use these big these sort of big I guess you call them sort of they're not meat hooks because the meat hooks are fucking thick like sickles I guess. Mm, yeah, 
poke him in between the scales to climb the worm. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Paul does. Pops his pl- pops his thumper down, and then uh, gets his ass up on that worm, baby. Wow. End of chapter. Wow. Okay. Damn. Okay. And he's probably really, really good at it. Yeah. It's a lot to cover in one chapter. There's a lot. Happening. I know. Well, for these three chapters, it was pretty meaty. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that though. I. So it does feel like. Oh, you said her name was Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. It feels like if Aaliyah's barely more than a toddler, then maybe the two years is more accurate and the six years is like Arrakis years or whatever, That's right? That's kind of my feeling, but huh. that would still put Paul at a, you know, at a, at a top 17. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> With a whole family. <laughs> no, he really just, he just has, he just has his two, his two, uh, his murder Swarm children, tri- his, his murder children, his <laughs> child bodyguards, <laughs> and then one child of his flesh, it, named one after his dead father, flesh, named after his dead father. He's got a widow that is not his wife, who he probably still hangs out with. He's got a yeah, girlfriend. They, they, they've got a. I would call it their their relationship is marriage like, but not. Uh, so it's a loveless, a loveless marriage. Yeah, but it's not loveless like it was like my ex wife. <laughs> not like the, but this I mean we did see her super thirsty for it but she's not neglected they never had like a you know proper relationship she's cause she's a, like a worker in the in the Seat she's and so Paul's her sort of like Paul pays her water her water debts pays right. her phone bill <laughs> I see for all her long distance calls he's her sugar daddy spice he's daddy spice daddy yeah <laughs> oh no well damn all right we are we are in a totally new status quo and i'm very excited to move forward from here yeah only very interested how the movie is going to is going to handle it all seeing as we did not meet at the end of this book we did not meet Jameis's widow no and we didn't we didn't set up well, I don't I don't feel like you can do a time skip yet. I mean, it seems like the movies, the two movies would be a perfect time for the time jump. But I, I think feel you like have there's still to. there's still stuff you could do, right? There's stuff that they should do, but I don't think it, it most of it can happen after the time jump. Yeah. Without yeah. sort of disrupting the whole flow of the film. It feels like they should have ended with him taking the name Muad'Dib in some I way. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Because that feels like an important moment. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think you're right in in that that it feels like a weird thing to wait until after the time skip to. I mean, unless they're going to like they could change it around. So it's like, OK, we're going to do your test and you ride the worm. And once you've ridden the worm, now you get to pick your new name. If because what we still don't know if the third potential Dune movie is not Dune Messiah, then they've got quite a bit of milking of the end of book two to do. Right. Because then they'd have. Man, that would just be really wild, though. I feel like they they have to get through the rest of the book Dune in the next movie. Yeah, yeah, almost certainly. That's that would be crazy. I think the Dune trilogy should end with Messiah, but that's uh, an opinion that I can't force. I assume that's uh-huh. that's the next book. It, it is, but most people tend to consider it um, book four of Dune, of the oh, book Dune. Oh, interesting. Okay. There we go, boys. That's yeah. The, there, that's that's the that's the week. Okay. That's the week of I've read Dune. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, 
I feel like we're we're really sort of winding our way towards the end of this. We're book. ripping through it. We are. There's only eight more chapters. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So that means we're like we're like 500 pages in at this point, right? If not more. Yeah. So uh, at great effort, I got into my bag just now and I pulled out my tablet and I logged in and I opened Kindle just for Austin. Yeah, you're a real saint. <laughs> I'm pretty incredible. 634 pages we've covered. Holy shit, y'all. That is a value yeah. add to your busy <laughs> life. Yeah, 100%. Especially considering, uh, what is that, 794? Like, wow. yeah. we've only got like 100 more pages. And I read, yeah. if you want, want to accord in how much time we're saving for people, to do this podcast, I read all... Five chapters twice today. Wow. You're a real... <laughs> I'm a saint. <laughs> You're a real saint. <laughs> well, I said it to Andy first, so they both have well, to we, be equally... We can, but we can be the many two saints of Newark. <laughs> Just like Tony Soprano. <laughs> Just like Tony Soprano. <laughs> and Austin's not a saint. Austin doesn't no, get... No, I'm a sinner. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you can rate my jokes. <laughs> Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you want to hear more shows from us, we have two more for you. The Infinite Backlog is our extremely exciting Marvel podcast where we started at 1961 and we move forward with way too much reading. Wham, bam, pow. <laughs> and you get to hear almost every week Rory and Shane complain about how much reading it is. There's so much reading. It's always Warlock. <laughs> it comes out most Saturdays. Saturday morning, Tuesdays, you guys. It's the show that started it all. Uh, you can hear me, Rory, and Andy and we are on this journey most Tuesdays where we are looking through the weirdest and wildest, coolest and droolest uh, <laughs> cartoons, children's cartoons, adult cartoons from all across the spectrum of time. We're going to cover your favorite show. Maybe we're going to talk about the ones you hate. Probably. <laughs> and it's a great, wonderful time. So be sure to catch that. And of course, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows, really, and you want to support us, we do have a Patreon chock full of bonus content, everything from videos to sound clips to even some fun art that I get to make for you once a month. Um, and, you know, even if you can't support us monetarily, if you don't have anything to give, we would just love it if you joined our Discord and send us memes. <laughs> um, send memes to us all day long. Keep us awake all night long with your memes. We love memes. We consume them. Just ruin us with your memes. <laughs> Please ruin us with your memes. As always, our links are in the episode description. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Laters. Laters.